What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? It's your boy, Comedic Energy, and this is Dirty Mouth Radio. Dirty Mouth Radio, produced by Live Wire Sound and Entertainment. Yeah, it's your boy, Cray. What's good? We got we got our guests back. We got our homeboys Dude. back. Do Let them introduce themselves right now. What up? It's your boy, Is the Wiz. <sighs> I ain't got nothing crazy with mine, bro. I always be struggling on what I want to say, but other than that... It's your boy Yansky. Back at it. <laughs> I really don't got nothing. You know, you got Is the Wiz. That's my Twitter name, bro. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> All my stuff True. is just straight Yansky, too. If I remember correctly, yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't yeah, nothing wrong yeah, with that yeah. at all. Shit. So what's really good? What's really, really, really good? Man. I got something on my plate, but I'll let you go first. Yeah, oh, shit. Nah, I mean. I don't One Me and my family are moving So we just kind of We just closed for a house So there's That big thing Oh uh, shit Congrats Appreciate Congrats. it Appreciate Congrats. it All the shit Yeah I mean like dude I, Ever since I was born We've always like Leased a house what? If we weren't yeah. leasing a house With an apartment mm-hmm. This is our first time Actually like buying one So it's gonna be different Definitely gonna have to Gonna be looking at more paperwork than usual, so. Hell yeah. There's that. Make sure you read that shit, too, for real. Man. Y'all bought it during this market, too? That's what I said. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the, the family that owns the house that we live in now, they're just like, hey, like, we kind of want to move back into it. I know it's a bad time, which they really fucked us up on that, but they were just like, is it cool if we move back in? And we are like, yeah, that's fine. So we gave ourselves to the end of November. Uh-huh. Um. I don't think they give us a specific time. They're just like, whenever y'all can, mm-hmm. just, you know, go ahead and move out. So it's not like they forced us out. They didn't give us like, oh, you got two weeks. Yeah. No, nah, they're giving us time, and I appreciate that. So. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing, man. Yeah. Having a rapport with your, your, I don't like to use the term landlord. Yeah, it sounds like some type of ownership. Yeah, ownership. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I own you, so you. Yeah, I, I don't Do what I say. Yeah. yeah. It's the same like master bedroom. I don't. Nah, I, don't I don't know like about that one. Ah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that one. Nah. Because when I get my house, I will damn sure have a master bedroom. I mean, yeah, I ain't. It's without a doubt. It's just a term, you know, that shit. So, uh, do I say primary anybody bedroom? Anybody else coming here? Huh? If you don't sleep in the master bedroom, you can't tell me shit. Oh <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like, uh, only the master sleep in here, so I control everything. I mean, yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm going to tell my kids. I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. That's a beautiful thing, though, Yasky, for real. Appreciate it. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Excited for the future, so mm-hmm. we'll see where it goes. All right. What else we got? Man. Let's do it, Go ahead. Oh, man. It's like nothing, you know, just doing the thing, man. You know, just... Training my mind, my body, my soul, and, uh, you know, just working and grinding. You know what I'm saying? Word. Training. Every day is training. Word, word. Yeah, I feel you on that. So, Yonski, what, what was you about to say, man? What what you want to talk about? Well, one, I feel like I'm taking that role of being the man of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, my father wasn't really around. I think he left when I was like five or seven. One of those ages. Uh-huh. So, I had my older brothers. I think they're like 27 now. But nowadays, they're not really home. So it's like, I'm, now I'm starting to take that role of being the man of the house. Um, I'm starting to make better money than I did whenever I was like younger, like 18 and stuff. So now I'm paying more bills. Um, you know, like I said, we just got the house. Um, pretty sure, yeah, yeah, my name 
is not fully on it. I think it's like, I think I'm going half of my brother. My brother's helping out as well. But with him not being there, I'm basically going to be the man of the house. Mm-hmm. So I'm starting to take more of a responsibility whenever, whenever it comes to family life. Um, and with that, I just, a lot of it comes with the stress and, you know, stuff. And now I'm realizing that I need to take more time and not focus. And, and that's the thing. I think we talked about in the last podcast where it was like, I'm always worried about what others think mm-hmm. and I'm worried about um, what how other people will see me and I'm just now starting to realize that I gotta take time to myself and focus on my family focus on um, life at home mm-hmm. and like just personal things cause I've always been that type of person where it's like why don't they like me uh, you know yeah. when it comes to stuff like that yeah. and we were just having a conversation on the ride here of how like there's certain aspects in life that you can't blame the other people in life of how they look at you, especially when it comes to being loved. Uh, what, what was it? Oh, basically, we had a whole conversation, and, and at the end of it, what I took from it was just because someone doesn't love you the way you want them to love you does not mean they don't love you at all. That's real shit. It wasn't, and I and I I took that deeply, and by the end of the night, I got to send a text to someone, but it's like I was so caught up in like. Why am I not receiving this energy from that person mm-hmm. when, for all I know, the, the stuff that they're giving me is they're trying their best to. Mm-hmm. And I'm so like, I want them to love me this way. And I'm getting so like in my mind of like, oh, maybe they don't care about me like that. When in reality, they probably do. Yeah. It's just what they're giving me is their best. And I'm not seeing that. And it's like their love language is different than your love right. language. So they can't meet you at what you want. And yo, I mean, it's not, they can meet you at some type of expectation, but it's not going right. to be like this, what you want in this dinner plate, I can make, but it ain't going to be the vision that you have in your mind, exactly. but it may be the same foods. Right. You feel mm-hmm. what I'm saying? The presentation may be a little bit different. Right. That's some deep shit, yo. Yeah. So I appreciate you talking to me about that. And no problem. We'll probably get more into that later, but yeah, no, that that's really what's kind of been on my mind lately of uh, just kind of take a time to myself and try not to focus on what others think mm-hmm. and just kind of begin to love myself for who I am and what I offer to the table and not looking at what other people offer to me. Mm-hmm. So It's funny that you say that because I, uh, I was talking to a co-worker a couple of days ago and I brought it up to Iz too and she was talking about the whole notion of like being over overly polite. You feel what I'm saying? Mm. So I have brought up the is. I said, yo, if you got, is it necessary to have, like, I don't want to say evil, but bad. Is that is that a, necess- a necessity in life? Yes or no? When you say bad, what do you mean by bad? necessity to being, being bad? Yeah, no, what do you mean by like, like essentials? The like whole, the whole concept of good and bad, right? Oh, okay. Is it a necessity a necessity to have bad in your life? Mm. Is it a necessity to have bad in your life or yeah. be bad? Not be bad, but I mean just have bad. To, just you, like you have good in your life, you can have bad, right? Right. So is it a necessity to have some type of bad in your life? I'm making it broad for a reason. Right. You see what I'm saying? But is it a necessity to have bad in your life? Whether you be bad or there is bad, is there a necessity to have bad in your life? I would say yeah, because you kind of have to balance it out. Me personally, I'm gonna go off what Craig was saying. 
Um, I kind of feel like everyone in this room, in this world, has done something bad. Mm-hmm. You know, just because it's considered bad doesn't mean you killed somebody or mm-hmm. it could still be considered. There's levels bad. to it. Right. Yeah. There's levels to it. Okay. So I feel like in me personally, I'm a rebel at heart. I'm defiant as hell. Not even on purpose sometimes. So <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I've always been this since I was littler or whatever. Uh sometimes even like like when I'm at work. I break like three rules, mm-hmm. like per day. <laughs> <laughs> like like I break like three rules per day. Yeah. And then the rest of the time I'm straight. Like, yeah. Whatever you know. Yeah. But I feel like it's a necessity because in order for good to exist, it has to be bad somewhere. Okay. And just because <clears throat> you do a little bad doesn't mean that you're a bad person. Yeah. All right. I know yeah. Craig got something. I think, I think it's all about it's just to me in my personal opinion I don't think there's a such thing as good or bad I mm. think it's perspective there's perspective and there's balance it's all about how you as the recipient or the deliverer see what it is that you're doing you know what I'm saying you could be doing something that's everybody okay in any situation, there's always a bad and a good. Like, for me, if I'm doing something to you, it could be good for me, but bad for you. Mm-hmm. If I'm doing, in, in in retrospect, reverse, if I'm doing something, it could be bad for me, but good for you. So at the same time, there's a duality there. Always. It's always a good and a bad transaction happening at the same time. You know what I'm saying? So, like, when we say, is it a necessity to be bad or good, <clears throat> it's just, like, it's just a necessity to live life. Like, you have to receive you have to receive negative information in order to rewire your mind to create positive information. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because if nothing bad, if nothing negative ever happens to you, then you're just going out here being an asshole and you don't even know it. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So it's all about perspective. Like, I don't think people should walk into situations thinking about, oh, my God, this is so bad. Like, like Bruce Lee said, extract any positive information from every situation and anything else that's not necessary, do without it. You know what I'm saying? He He didn't say it verbatim like that, but it was to that effect. You know what I'm saying? So that's just how I see it, like. It's it's just a necessity to live life. You know what I'm saying? It's not about bad or good because we're always going to fuck up. And then we're always going to come back and do better. You know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. that's how I view it in my personal perspective. Yeah. I think with me, when it comes to the whole notion of good or bad, it's kind of similar to craze, but it's more so... With me, it's more so like a blessing or a lesson. You see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yep. Like I, I don't know if I don't, I don't really talk about bad. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because of the same thing he just said. When it comes to your perspective, what's bad for you may be good for me. What's bad for you may be a lesson, so you can level up and be greater than who you are. So is that a bad thing? You see what I'm saying? It's more yeah. of a lesson than it actually being yeah. bad. Is it bad? The action bad? may have been, it may have hurt, 
It may have had a negative feeling towards you, but is that truly bad? You see what I'm saying? Pressure makes diamonds. You see what I'm saying? So or dust. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's a lesson either way, right? Yeah. So it's like I think everything can be considered good. It's just what is what is what is being done. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes you can't always focus on the immediate action right there. You got to look at the what, what the reaction will be. Right. right. And then it depends on the person too, because like you said, pressure makes diamonds, but it also busts pipes. You know what I'm saying? And not everybody is built with the stable mindset to be able to articulate what is happening to them and how to progress forward. You know what I'm saying? It's like shit can happen and be catastrophic and you just not know how to climb out of that bad situation. You know what I'm saying? So it's easy to tell somebody that... um, you know, it's all about balance and perspective. When your black ass or your white ass or whatever you are ain't going through the shit, you know what I'm saying? Correct. So you could talk to people, but then it's like you gotta be understanding too. Like some motherfuckers just have bad shit happening to them all the time. <clears throat> you know, like I, I, I think, and this is why I call it balance because there is a shift. There's some people who have more blessings and more positive things happen to them a lot more frequently than others. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We know that to be true because if it wasn't true, there wouldn't be a ghetto right around the corner and mansions on the other side. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So like these things, <laughs> you know, these things it's like it's about but at any point in time, though that 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 could shift. So when these rich people go and buy the ghettos and then build them up, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now where do these people that are living in the ghettos go? Mm-hmm. Over here. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So, other like, ghetto. Yeah. so you know, it's it's, it's, I, it's difficult. Let's just say that. I think we should also talk about intentions on that because that's where I feel like the good versus bad comes in. Like you said, some of us are more blessed than others. Mm-hmm. So you have your rich versus poor. But when the rich starts intending on continually being rich, I feel like that's where you're bad. Like you can label that as bad because okay. we can we can point out a few things happening right here mm-hmm. in this city that is detrimental to black people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I feel like that's where I personally say that it has to exist. And what is that? Okay. Some of the things. So, just for watch. I'm from a place called Fifth Ward, right? Fifth Ward is a historic place in Houston, known to house minority people. It's very rich in history. Uh, very. Predominant black people came from there. People of minority color have came from there, right? So it is very impoverished. Not not to like third world country. We have roads and shit like that, but we 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 not we not we not just down bad. But it's it's very dangerous if you go there at night. Be prepared. Um, I ride through there ever so often and I just started seeing like I started seeing the 
manipulation of my neighborhood. Mm. So I'm like, first of all, yeah, it's always been a Walgreens right here. Mm-hmm. And you know, in your predominant neighborhoods, every Walgreens has a CVS on the opposite side. <laughs> yeah, that shit is crazy. Right, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's the same fucking thing, bro. And when I went through this last term, this Walgreens has been here forever with no competition. I look across the street, we have a fucking CVS. Not only a CVS, we have an unknown store, a mom and pop store with two floors. I was like, oh wow, who is doing all this? All these brands is popping up. And I'm like, okay, so now, you know, the people that stay here have been staying here for years. Mm-hmm. They're used to the taxes being in a certain way. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you start hiking it up because you start putting all the nice and new and stuff in here. Yeah. They're not prepared for that tax hike. So they either have to sink or swim. Either you're going to sell me your house for whatever I offer you because you know you can't afford to stay here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, go wherever, you know. That's gentrification. Gentrification. Go wherever and because I need your house. Because I know someone is willing to pay a million dollars to stay in your house right. because it's right next to downtown. Right. So whatever you do with this 200, I'm going to flip that tenfold and you know see you when I see you maybe I'll buy your next house so let me ask you this though do you think gentrification is totally a bad thing it is it depends like I said it depends on intention because if you love this neighborhood and you want it to look nice gentrification is good yeah but it also comes with the intention on what are you doing it for? Because now I notice that people are doing it because, like I said, they want to live next to downtown. They don't care that you stay here. And they've been, they've been trying to buy my mom's house. She stays, like, further further out from people. They've been trying to buy that for almost a year now. My mom owns her own land. She's not selling that shit to nobody. Yeah. But they want to give it, like, they, so she tell them a million dollars every time. Because that's what you're going to make. That's what I'll be saying. <laughs> that's story. what you're going to make. So you might as well give me mine. Yeah. And I feel like she does that because she knows it's, it's not going to come with good intentions. They just want to do it so they benefit. Yeah. Because if you really care, you would build up, build up the library that we've been asking for for years. Yeah. You know, how about the schools, you know? educational programs that we've been asking for for years it's been underfunded yeah not just you gonna put a, a nice couple new shops in it's not even stuff that we like apartments exactly <laughs> like condos high yeah. rises yeah bro yeah black people do not like exposed ceilings <laughs> <laughs> nobody's gonna stay there so it's not for us yeah it's not for us yeah if we see the pies we like this is unfinished you need to come in here and finish that. Yeah. Black people, yeah. Yeah, we do that. So, I, it depends on your intentions. It's interesting. It's very interesting. Um, I don't know. Um, intentions or not, man, it's, it's, it's very difficult to, like, fuss with because it's like, if the people that are living there are not willing to fight and work towards keeping up their streets and their homes and stuff like that, and then someone else comes in there and sees worth in the things that they just destroying or just leaving be, you kind of like, damn, like, 
it, it's really hard because it, it, it's really it's, it's complex right. because the people that are staying there have to work 24-7 or whatever they got to do right. so they don't have time to be out here in the streets cleaning up so we're reaching out to the city but the city's not giving us help to clean up the cities right, right. we're not bringing in the income and the revenue that they would like so they're reaching out to people who do have finances. Those people see worth in our homes, and then they bring people who have wealth into it, and then they build it up and make it better. So it's it's very blurry, yo. A you know what I'm saying? Because, but it, it, I think it is necessary, though, because it helps the younger generation and, and individuals like myself, you, and the ones behind us to grab the education necessary to counteract those type of situations and scenarios. Right. So like now when investors are coming in, like we're coming in like, okay, we coming in with y'all. Right. You know what I'm saying? Just just like y'all about to buy that house, we gonna buy the one next to it, you know? Right. I think that is, <laughs> is fucked up, but like we gotta sneak in through the cracks wherever we can. Right. You know, so in war, it's going to be casualties, you know? I don't really know how to fix it or explain it. It's, it is fucked up, but at the same time, it's good for somebody else, you know? I guess like, what, what, what are we going to do that. about it, you know? Me, I think, well, I'll let you go now. How you feel about it? <laughs> <laughs> I got lost halfway through. I was just listening. I'm like, damn, y'all real like, y'all about this shit. We gonna yeah. give you some homework about uh, <laughs> Black Wall Street. Maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. And by yeah. any means, I'm not. I'm not saying like you know where I, where I live right now in life. I'm definitely blessed on where I live. Mm-hmm. But being, if y'all don't know, I'm from I'm Filipino. Mm-hmm. Um, the Philippines is basically a third world country at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, we're fortunate enough to own condos out there, but literally, and I, I'm not joking. I have videos of when I was just driving in the street. You'll be in a condo, you take four steps, you already see a whole poverty and like a families that got nothing but just underwear on, mm-hmm. struggling, feeding for food. Oh, mm-hmm. I just, what really? the fuck? Yeah. Um, but it's bad out there, you know? Yeah. I literally got videos of me just cruising the street and I held my phone out the window just recording everything. It'll be fine and dandy and then like literally a second later into the video, it's poverty again. Mm. You know, so we've I've tried and this is what we are saying the whole thing of how seeing how you see um what did Craig say you think you said when when you don't really take care of it but someone else kind of sees uh, worth in it yeah sees value in it yeah. value in it um me and my family early I know me and my family have done it we've partnered up with a couple other people that are from the Philippines and we've tried our best to kind of like send some things out there mm-hmm. whether it be clothes food um Whenever we travel by ourselves, because there's a point in time before COVID where um, every spring break, if not spring break, summer, we would travel over there. When we travel over there, we bring a whole box yeah. of yeah. just stuff to give out. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where there's a difference in, like you said, there's people that want to do everything to like lift it up and bring it back to what they see it's worth and what it could be. And then there's people that are just doing it just to do it to mm-hmm. profit off it. So my thing is, when it comes to the notion of justification, right, what is the difference between somebody that is trying to revitalize it with an ill intent versus somebody that doesn't really care about the current state of the property? 
You see what I'm saying? So think about it like this. You got somebody where, okay, you got an area. You have a, a piece of land mm-hmm. that has apartments, right? And mm-hmm. you got somebody in there who just don't give a fuck about it. The neighbor is out. It's just the hood. Mm-hmm. And they like, man, well, I don't give a fuck. This is where I stay. This is the shit that I do. But they not showing any love to the property. Mm-hmm. And then you have somebody that comes in and says, this property does have potential. I'm going to come in here. I'm going to sit up here and revitalize the whole community. But I'm giving it to somebody that actually wants to care for. Mm-hmm. Those two people, what is the difference between the two? Somebody that's neglecting it and somebody that is revitalizing it for their own selfish gain. I feel like both of those are well, kind of one and the same. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. They're, they're both bad. They're yeah. both bad. Yeah. <laughs> one like, has more good than the bad, but exactly, they're still bad. Exactly, exactly. So I feel like every time I see something with gentrification, that's the first thing I think about. When I see a, a beautiful ass fucking apartment that I know is in the fucking hood, mm-hmm. I, I tend to think about, well, who was there at first? Did they really care for it? Is it like, did they really love where they stayed at? And did they really try to do something, you know, to care for the area? Or did they just do it in some seeking opportunity? People, yeah. Some people that, you know, I'm just looking back on my childhood. Uh, some people I would see, you know, their houses compared to what I, I, I see now. Scary. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You shouldn't have a dog house and no grass out front. I yeah, mean, it, it doesn't exactly. make sense. But uh, some people, I feel like they they given up on life. Mm-hmm. And since they feel like I'm already at the bottom, so, you know. This is what I pretty much deserve, you know. I think I think it has to deal with a a, a person's self. Like I feel like they have to deal with their own personal thing, because when a person's feeling good about themselves, they feel good about everything they have. Because you know, he's just now getting the house, but once he sees the house, he's gonna make sure it's the grass is cut. Yeah, you know. I, I want to make sure my water is on. I want to do this. I want to do, this. you know, when you when you own something, yeah, it uh, it becomes a piece of you, yeah. And if it's a piece of you, then you should care for it as you care for yourself. But some people don't care for themselves, especially in the neighborhoods, because there's loss of hope. Okay, dude. Um, well, I think we should take a little break real quick. We'll get back to it in a few minutes. See y'all there. This show was produced by Livewire Sound and Entertainment. If you're looking to rent premium sound equipment for your next concert or podcast at a low price, go to www.livewiresoundent.com. Yeah, 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 yeah. We back, we back, we back, we back, we back. This is the Dirty Mouth Radio with your boy Comedic Energy. Your boy Cray. Yans. Is the Wiz. So, since we got Iz and Yansky here, let me formally introduce, this is the upcoming, coming soon, Situations, a.k.a. What's the Situations podcast. We don't know the name <laughs> yet. Man, we've been fighting about this name for I don't know how long. I met you, too. I forgot when I met you. It's yeah, been a minute. It's, it's been a good month. 
It's, it's been months since I met you. But yeah, I kind of thought it was a year, but now I don't know. Honestly, honestly, but not nah, ever since we met, we we would have these certain conversations throughout, um, just us hanging around each other, and we're just like, bro, this is. Let's put this on camera, man. Yeah, yeah. Because these conversations, the either they they like a deep convo or they're just convos or just like, yeah, convos that other people kind of hear. They're like, oh yeah, I was <laughs> part of that. Oh, I'm not gonna lie, people be in a lot of our conversations. Like we just be talking, and next thing you know, <laughs> yeah, <I'm not> like, <laughs> it's like. Yeah, it's like if we doing that with other coworkers. Imagine if we actually like put it on camera to other people to see. Because these conversations are, you know, not only are they just regular conversations, they're just life advice. Yeah, right? it's yeah. really in depth. Right. I've been right. victim of the conversations. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, shit is deep as hell. Yeah. And so, I mean, shit. Fuck it. Is what's the situation, yo? All right, we got a few situations today. The forecast is looking a little. Shiesty. Oh, All right. So, for me, you know, recently we had controversy about being anti-Semitic with our, you know, I guess our influencers, I guess we could call them, mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving and Kanye, or Ye, whatever he wants to be called today. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> I'm not calling that back. I know, I know. <laughs> no, Kanye's old stuff. I don't know that. I'm not calling him back. But um, yeah, he uh, he's being accused of being anti-Semitic from recent interviews, and as well as Kyrie Irving is being being accused of being anti-Semitic for sharing a documentary. Uh, a documentary, bruh. It's it's oh, to yeah, me, it's crazy. Yeah, I heard about that. Even him and the the owner of the Brooklyn Nets got yeah, into it. Yeah, behind what? Yeah, yes. even the owner of the team that you play for are getting into it about being anti-Semitic. Because they said he's spreading hate speech, but he didn't say not one word. Yeah. Are you serious? I'm so yeah. serious. They I heard about that. at the end of the game where they pulled him in, and they're talking about everything but the game, and I'm like. The man, the man was just like, look, I want to go home to my wife and kids. Yeah. You know, it's a documentary that I found on Amazon that you sell for twelve ninety nine. What's and, the name of the documentary? Uh, Hebrews to Blacks. Oh, okay. So. And that's anti-Semitic? I, so, he's, so pretty much you saying that the, the documentary may be anti-Semitic, but the fact that he actually posted it they're trying to label him as being anti-Semitic. Did Correct. Did he just post it or did he say he something just, about the film? He just reposted it and it's just the film's name and he was like, oh, that's an anti-Semitic, that's an anti-Semitic movie. No, like, it's hate speech in there. But I'm like... <laughs> Are you serious? Look, bro, how many slave movies have we had yeah. with the N-word in it? I'm like, that's hate speech right there. Yeah. We don't need to know that there was slavery for there was, you know, yeah, we don't need the exactly. slave movie. Exactly. We got like 50,000 of them. If we had jerseys, we would have like three <laughs> warehouses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, That's please. real. That's real. So when we want to learn about other things, it seems like there's always a, a block of knowledge. Like, mm-hmm. like people want to burn books, it seems like. To so me. Where, where is the freedom of speech in any of that is what I'm trying to figure out. The man didn't speak, so I don't know where <laughs> <laughs> Freedom of speech is a, is a plural, is, is, it's a, it's an idea, 
it makes you feel good. You know what I'm saying? It's not really a thing that you're supposed to have. Right. Because if you have freedom of speech, if you have freedom of speech, then curse words wouldn't even exist. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean... Let's just talk. Let's let's jump on this Kanye West shit for for a bit because right, that right. that shit right there is insane to me. Okay. Um, listening to Kanye West. Well, okay. So first you had the uh, White Lives Matter T-shirts. Correct. I saw that. What about them? Because uh, I I heard something, but he pretty much wore White Lives Matter T-shirts and had one of his uh, designers or someone he was working with wear them to a fashion. Event, uh-huh. I believe, and um, then <laughs> I think it was I seen one at a political that, event. Then after, as well. then after yeah. that, he was doing an interview and he mentioned how Jews pretty much own everything and how they have con- control over the media and different different aspects of that. Uh-huh. And um, from there, it kind of blew up because the you know the Jews ain't of course have done like that. But but does that make it anti-Semitic? No, it probably just makes it factual. But it's because it, I'm trying to figure out where it, they saying it's anti-Semitic in the conversation. It's, an, it's anti-Semitic because when he okay he goes from the Trump okay, the Trump supporter situation, right. then the White Lives Matter, then you going after, then you talking about the Jews, right? So they're tying all these things together as if he's against. It's kind of hard because now it's like the black black people are mad at him. For the, the the White Lives Matter and the whole Trump, and then now the Jews are like, now that's why they treat, pretty much cancel him. Adidas canceled him. Oh this. yeah, I heard he lost his Adidas. He went. He lost Adidas. He, he lost Balenciaga. He, he lost them everything. Okay, he pretty much went from a billion to five, like I think he's on four hundred mil. Five hundred, five hundred mil. But he's got uh, shit. You more know, than I got. He got money. More than I got. So yeah. this is where the anti-Semitic type of shit is going on. Uh-huh. Um, but <laughs> then he has his interview right. with CBS or CNBC or whoever, and the shit was it was mind blowing. Uh-huh. I'm gonna say that shit was mind blowing. The shit that he was saying out of his mouth was it was super intelligent, and I felt them. What did he say? I'm gonna let Iz go ahead and and, and go. Ooh. Talk a little bit more from his perspective before I go into mine, because y'all know. I from my perspective, I feel like he is doing stuff in a crafty way that not everybody can understand. Because, mm-hmm. like, as we go back to the White Lives Matter shirt, so when I first seen it, I was like, okay, you know, mm-hmm. his kids half white technically. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can see why it would matter to him. Yeah. But as we as I dove deeper into it. So we always focus on the back of the shirt, but on the front of the shirt it says uh, something about Francis II. Uh, it was supposed to be the Pope's name, and he had apologized for what the Catholic people have, you know, done for the past two thousand years. That's why he said "White Lives Matter." Oh. Well, oh. kind, kind of. of. <laughs> <laughs> Fill me in. Fill me in the listeners. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the whole situation. Ball, I'm in the same boat as. Yeah. Well, the whole White Lives Matter, he said, was a feeling from God. He said a lot of times he does things. Um, he says he just uses, he just feels it from God and he just does stuff. Because of his platform, it blows up and it becomes something outrageous, right? Right. But the whole ideal 
um, he said he spoke to his father and told his father what happened. And his father said, he started laughing and said, that's, that's, in, uh, that's funny. It's so hilarious. And he asked his father why it was funny. And his father said it like, because for someone of your stature to state the obvious and, you know, it'd be blown up like this. Right. He, and, and then it, was, it becomes apparent. It's like, of course, <laughs> it's true. White lives do matter. Everybody's lives matter. You right. know what I'm saying? Not just black, not just white. And, you know, he has this whole thing against the Black Lives Matter movement and all right. that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's it, like, in his mind, it's not about whether white lives or black lives matter. It's, I'm saying this because I want y'all to know that it is important that white, like, yeah, white lives matter. They, they do matter. Right. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. So do black lives too. Now the argument is okay. We understand that, yay. But why do you have to be the one to say it like this, or why do you have to be bipolar with things, and why do you have to do things like this? So mm. now, yay. Ah, it's a reverse psychology thing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? He's not fucking stupid. This dude yeah. is intelligent. He knows exactly what he's saying, what he's doing. Exactly. They're trying to use, like, that he came out as bipolar. Oh, he's mentally ill. He is bipolar. That has to deal with his mood swings, mm-hmm. not his thinking capacity. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm like, it has nothing to do with his intelligence. No, nothing at all. Yeah, not like, by far. He just can go from hot to cold so he could be very irritated at a short span of time Mm. that's about it it doesn't make him less intelligent than anyone in this room or you know what I'm saying um now the fact that he had to go out of his way to explain some things and they're more mad about what he said in the interview about you owning something Usually when people, oh, yeah, this person owns this. Like, mm-hmm. like Young Jeezy owns half of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. He's proud about that. Yeah. He lets everyone know. But when he says, oh, they own most of this, oh, wait a minute. What are you trying to say? Mm-hmm. You're trying to say we're behind something? Yeah. To me, that sounds something like somebody's guilty of something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, um, and he said some more harsh things. To the black community than any other community that I that I consider. Yeah, I agree. So I was like, you know, we focusing on this. One of our own is talking bad about us, and he didn't decide to apologize until everybody was like, "You gave an apology to them before you gave it to us." Then that's when we start getting all these apology videos, which I feel like if you said what you said and you mean it, you shouldn't apologize. True. I mean, I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> you can say that. That's what I live by. When you ain't got a billion. I mean, look. And a million in your life. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we, we talk about these these actors and these, these, these uh, entertainers. Like, it's just... Like, Ye stated himself. He said, yo, listen, like, for me to have a billion and still my... Everything I say still be controlled is is it, it, it drives me insane. It, it drives me crazy. That is a little bit ridiculous because you have people like Elon Musk who is going bonkers, mm-hmm. and he does whatever he wants. Right. 
Man got on Twitter and said he's gonna buy Coca Cola. Yeah. But you yeah. <laughs> and nobody's watching yeah. him. Like, yeah. And it's, yeah, because yeah. this, Ye has got his money built from pretty much the people that he works with. Right. Elon Musk built the people that he works with. Right. You know what I'm saying? His company, the company that he first started, is doing exceedingly well. Right. I think it's a uh, number. It's it's high. The, the company that he first built is higher on the charts than Tesla is, and he. You know what I'm saying? Come so, on, Starlink. No, it's not Starlink. It's something else. Um, he built a social media uh, situation or some shit. I forget what it was. I know he got Twitter, but okay. Good. But um, he just bought Twitter. Yeah. yeah. But uh, he has another. He had another company that he built, and then he sold it, and he used that money to build Tesla. Mm. So. But he's built it. Yay comes into the industry under Jay Z and all of them. Uh-huh. Boom. Then he starts doing his own thing. With the fashion and then too. people start jumping on that. Adidas. Boom. So you see all these other companies and entities pretty much own him. Right. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't own himself. Right. So if he steps out there and says something wrong, take it away. Get back Turn in your Turn the place, lights boy. off. So. That's what it goes down to. I, I feel you on that. Now, I was reading something somewhere where somebody broke down a lot of the stuff that Kanye's been saying over the years. And I have to say this on here because this person's like methodology and how they broke it down made so much sense to me uh-huh. on a business perspective. Mm-hmm. You know that Kanye has a partnership with Gap. Correct. He has a partnership, well, had a partnership with Adidas. He had a partnership with Balenciaga. I don't know about Balenciaga, but Gap and Adidas, he was trying to get out of. Yeah. For years. He's been trying to get out of that deal. I think since 2020 with uh, Adidas. And he doesn't even like Gap. Yeah. (laughs) Not at all. Now, my thing is, what if, now this is just... Speculation. This is based off the post I seen too. What if he was playing a chess move? What if he knew that partnerships would be terminated if he said what he said? Now, now, because I don't want to get canceled. Right, right, right. <laughs> Let me make this blatantly clear. This is just me piecing things together. You see what I'm saying? But we know. There's a lot of power in a certain group, okay? From the entertainment perspective, from the clothing perspective, from fashion and all that, it's a lot. You you see what I'm saying? There's a lot of power there. So would it be too far-fetched to say that Kanye said, you know what, I'm going to say these things because that'll get me out the deal because Adidas and Gap didn't want him to get out the deal. Right. And just like you said, he is the whipping boy. You see what I'm saying? He's a whipping boy to they, make billions they, of they dollars. Are, but they are the boss, though. Yeah. You can make millions, you can make billions, but who is your boss is the question. Right, we can take it How much he's making? Exactly. Exactly. So what if he actually did that to say, you know what, this is my meal ticket out this motherfucker. And if I got to sit up here and go through the bullshit, I got to go through the bullshit. That's called a sacrifice for a greater good. 
You see what we were saying before? We was talking about bad versus good, right? Right, right, right. So I'm going to go through something that I deem bad so I can be better. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So is that too far-fetched to say that Kanye probably did that so he can make a better business move and finally get out of the bullshit that he said he was in? It... You want to go with it? No, 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 no. You mean? I, I got it. It's right here. It's right here. <laughs> <laughs> right here. Go ahead. Okay, so pretty much it's not far-fetched to state that. That is a very, very good concept, but it also, it doesn't, it kind of, it kind of puts them in a box because these industries are owned by these people. And once they block you out and blackball you, it's super hard to get back in. And then when you get back in, you're not in the, you're not in the same position. You're not in the same position that you were once in. You know what I'm saying? Now we know these people, these entities, these entities control like like we were talking about Walgreens and CVS. Yeah. And then we know about these car industries like uh, who's I think it's Volkswagen. I think is it Volkswagen? They own tons and tons of car companies like Ferrari, Lamborghini, a whole right. bunch of other stuff. They have partnerships with them. They, well, no, well, they Volkswagen own these got, Yeah, Volkswagen is, is they in own, partnership with Porsche as well. Right, they have, I see what you're saying. It's I not even a partnership. Them. They own them. They yeah. bought they bought majority shares of all of these companies. Yeah. And so it's like <clears throat> fuck it. It's like when you have someone who owns all this shit like Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google, you know what I'm saying? And you're an entertainer, a rapper who performs on these platforms. And there's no other platforms for entertainers out uh-huh. here. You know what I'm saying? Only place you can really perform is is in the street. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, so, what do you do? Mm. What do you do? How do you come back? And when you come back, who's even if people love you, whose TV you gonna be on? Mm. Whose network are you gonna be on? Where's your music? Where's your music gonna be bought? Because you can't, nobody buys CDs anymore. <laughs> you know? So now we're looking at Spotify. We're looking at SoundCloud. And all of these companies are owned by who? They the gonna, people that he said own them. <laughs> They're going to rip him. Yeah. So, um, in my opinion, since it happened and I've been saying, everybody's like, oh, we're going to stop selling this. We're going to stop selling this. And then I just watch the actual people that we see every day. Yeah. People ain't stopped wearing Yeezys yet. Not at all. And I'm talking about the ones they say they're not going to sell no more. Right. They, I seen a girl wearing them just because, just boom. Because not not everything that he said was wrong. It could have been taken wrong because I'm, a, I'm a, as a person who doesn't always know how to say the right thing. Yeah. He still had the right intentions on saying something. I mean, you gotta look at look at all the the in the last three years. Look at the people who have been labeled anti-Semitic: Louis Farrakhan, Nick, Nick Cannon, Cannon, Yeezy, or Nick. Yay, 
Kanye. Nick Cannon. It's, it's so many different people. You feel what I'm saying? But Farrakhan was going through. They was going through a war. Like a much All out war On their people Cannon got so many kids He one of his kids Maybe actually Semitic He's a little look bro But it's just it's, it's, it's showing you like The the power of Being able to say What you want to say You see right. what I'm saying But it also shows The power of ownership in the same right Because when, when Nick Cannon was going through What he was going through The first thing he said was Damn I wish I owned the rights To my to my show Right They they control that shit Right You see what I'm saying So I think that's what we need To really like focus on Is the power of ownership Speaking on that note of, Recently I know everybody in here is like, you ain't got the answer, Sway. You ain't got the answer. <laughs> everybody remember that, right? Uh, yeah. But the, so, yeah. The conversation that he was with. having yeah. with it yeah. about owning it, like starting yeah. it up from the ground. Yes. And he recently went into another yes. interview saying that he, he was right. right. Yes. And then we right. had this. Yeah. Yeah, he was right. Mm-hmm. It, he was right. It might have been in his plan, like you said. Because, mm-hmm. you know, he going to take a sit down. He going to be in timeout. But as a creator, as a creative, you never stop creating. Yeah, so I sit, having time to sit down and actually think and create, you're going to come up with some of the best work. Black people are going to still support him because he's yay. Yeah. People who love his music are going to still support him because he's yay. Yeah. You know? I'm going to tell y'all what's going to happen. Go ahead. Go I already ahead. know what's going to happen. It's, it's already been, it's happened before. It happens. It's, these things are cycling. Happen over and over and over again. They won't cancel him, shut him down. He gonna go somewhere, offset off. He gonna create all this tight shit, but they gonna keep on suppressing it, making it seem like it ain't shit. Some more stuff gonna probably come up about him doing something, something, something. Character assassination. Then pretty much after he died, that's when all his shit gonna pop. Cause this is what happens to artists over every generation throughout history. You know what I'm saying? Every musician, if you think about Johan, Sebastian, and Bach, and all of them, they shit they uh-huh. pop into now. You know what I'm saying? Not now, but like yeah. we think about these people. Like these people was making master what we call masterpieces, but when they were making them, nobody really wanted to, cause we thought they were crazy, right? Right? And this shit's popping. But going reverse back to what you said about ownership and owning, like. You committed ownership and owning your platforms and shit like that, right? It's not even about like ownership at this point. It's about separation. Like, as artists and entertainers, we have to learn how to stop uh reaching for the for the bag. Right. You know what I'm saying? We have to learn how to stop reaching for the bag, take what we can get. And make our own shit over here. Right. And stop always, as soon as somebody comes in and is like, hey, your stuff is hot. I want to put you on CNBC. I want to put you on this. I want to put you on this platform and this platform. We need to separate from all of that shit. Mm-hmm. Because now they got us. Mm-hmm. We can't move without them. We got to listen to podcasts through their networks. We got to listen to music through their networks. They're in a place now where... We don't even decide what we want to listen to. They tell you what you want to listen to. If you listen to an artist that you like, you like, mm, I don't know what I want to listen to. Oh, you want to listen to Little Scrappy. 
You know what I'm saying? Because now little <laughs> Scrappy's associated <laughs> Scrappy's associated with the artists that you were just listening to, right? Right. And it just goes on for that. You know what I'm saying? You wanna listen to Pac. You wanna listen. So now we not even digging for music from local artists. People out here, we don't even find like local uh, 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 painters and drawers, and there's there's a plethora of these things out here. Yeah. But we don't have access to them because we we in our phone, and our phone is a little box that pretty much studies your activities and tells you what it is that you want to search for. Yeah. So, as an artist, as people like us, we have to take our platforms and create our own shit. And stop looking to broadcast it on a live screen and getting likes and shit. Fuck that. You know what I'm saying? Go out back. We need to go back outside in the streets. Do shows outside for the people. Have people pay to come to your show. You don't need all of these folks. You know what I'm saying? With all of this money trying to do all this shit. You could just do some shit outside. Because you feel like sometimes that comes at a price. It does. And I, it's like as we having this, as we having this conversation, I keep thinking about like Black Wall Street. It's like it just keep popping up Black Wall Street because that's exactly what they did. They didn't yeah. really have much, but they kept reinvesting and reinvesting and reinvesting till they the fastest growing. They the fastest growing community. Period. Yeah. No one has ever topped it. No one probably will ever top it unless we just run it back. And they were targeted. Really, once they started get, garnering international attention, right? France was looking at Black Wall Street. When you have other countries looking at specifically that, you become that target. Now, I don't want to equate the two, but I also want to talk about because we're talking about creatives in this conversation, right? Correct. And we also talking about what can happen when you're under. Quote unquote a boss pretty much You see what I'm saying So i.e. like the record labels and things like that Correct Now rest in peace to the man Takeoff We already you know That's all in the headlines now That's a a sad situation right there What are y'all thoughts on that Specifically Well I don't want to say specifically from An artist's perspective But on the situation Overall but I want you to think of it from an artist perspective, from a business perspective, to a human perspective. My artist perspective is, you know, it is it's, it's a it's a big loss. I, I'm actually a big fan of his. I feel yeah. like he was one of the rawest in the group. Yeah. And he had the best flow, me personally. Is that for, the one that's with that was with? Uh, Cardi? No. Yeah. No, no, no. That's, uh, no, that's Offset. 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 He is the one. Like they, they left him off bad and bougie. They kept, you know, that was a oh. running joke. He was the chill one that yeah. didn't have no beef with nobody. Bro. Nobody. Everybody was he, but he'll come in a, a a studio and wreck shop on everything. And this last album that they just put out, he got to showcase all his talent. But that's what makes it sad for me because I'm like. Everybody thought, you know, oh, he, they just bringing him along because he family. But really, he was the one that got Quavo into being more serious about his music. Exactly. Wasn't Takeoff Quavo's nephew? Takeoff is Quavo's 
nephew. He would, yeah, he was the one that said, "Look, Unc, I want you to get serious about your actual music and shit." So you can credit that man to getting Quavo to where he is, right? So my thing is, because you brought up a good point, right, of how he really showcased his talent in that last album, right? What does that sound like to you? When the first, when you first said that, because I, I, me personally, I didn't listen to Migos like that. Right. Every time they came on the radio, I was like, okay, they all right. Uh-huh. When they first came out, I'll be real. I was like, it sounds like some mush mouth bullshit. <laughs> but, but when they got, when they got deeper and deeper into the game, I started being able to decipher the shit, and I started rocking with them a little bit, right? Right, right, right. But this right here sounds like something for me personally, in my opinion, it sounds like something we heard before. Now I'm not equating the two, but it sounds like the same as Nipsey. Nipsey showcased his talent on Victory Lap. Damn, I was the just damn name Victory Lap shows you the end, correct? Correct. So this guy just showcased all of his talent on this last album. Now I was watching something on TikTok this morning. You know me, I'm a little conspiracist. You know I'll be into some of that stuff. But they said that there's a track on there called Last Breath. It is. There's a track on there called Last Breath, right? It is. Now, I don't know if Last Breath is the same song, but there was a music video that he released on this album, right? Correct. So this music video showed him in a card game. He went up to the he went upstairs from the card game and was chilling. And there was a contract with the word in bold Migos. And then they had a gun right next to the word Migos. The barrel was literally touching the M on Migos. Uh-huh. All of this happened. What was yesterday? Yesterday was the, hollow, the, the, the holiday. It was Halloween, right? Yeah. So coincidentally, that music video was on Halloween. Uh-huh. He's standing next to a figure that says R.I.P. In this music video. In the music video also shows, I, I, I believe, this, this part, I can't say verbatim, but the the time, I think it said like 11-11. If you know that's a spiritual number. You see what I'm saying? I'm, I'm placing all these things together. It's just really spooky to me. Right. And the person in this TikTok pretty much said, do you think that he actually seen his death coming? This, from what he was putting together in that music video and his album, it sounded like he was sacrificed. Now, we got other other artists, and this is, this is, this is going off the deep end, but we know that Life insurances are taken out on these artists as well. PNB Rock, Nipsey, Mo3, Mo3, XXX Tentacon. We got all these, all of these artists though. All of these artists. Do you feel like Takeoff was one of those people? Do you think? Well, well, I'll ask you. Do you think that these artists are really getting targeted? I, on a LARF insurance policies, and if so, who is gaining from this shit? I will speak from the perspective that um, I've had conversations with people who have been involved in the music industry, and as you, 
in a lot of interviews, people who have gotten out, mm-hmm. they say it is an evil game. Mm. It's evil. Mm. So who stands to gain is the people that you don't see. Yeah. Because what would the need? What would be the need for you putting a life insurance policy on me? If I'm your artist and your best interest is me. So, me personally, if me goes with my artist, ain't no playing no fucking dice game in the middle of Houston, of all places, at three in the fucking morning. You get your bag, you have your ass back in that hotel, because we're about to fly out. That's me looking out for my artist. But not everyone thinks the same. But to speak on what you were saying that it might have been something more than what it seems like we have finesse two times for those who do not know him him and Moneybag Yo used to rap together back in the day he got jammed up he recently got out and now he is with Mob Ties aka Rap-A-Lot Rap-A-Lot was said to be the security for that event with Jazz no, 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 not Jazz. Jay Prince Jr. Yeah. Jay Prince Jr. Jazz, I don't think, was there. But mm. they were there, and they were the only ones said to be with oh. them. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They were the only ones that said to be with them. Uh-huh. I'm going to keep anything, I'm going to keep anything, Jay Prince, Jay Prince Jr., out of my mouth. Right. <laughs> So right. we ain't going to even go there. But uh, proceed, brother. <laughs> Allegedly. <Really? laughs> Allegedly. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. We I don't was, know the facts. I was asleep at 3 a.m. Right. <laughs> at the side of town. <laughs> we don't um, know the facts. We don't know. Allegedly. This is all conspiracy. So, this is just. So what you, what you saying, Kometi, it makes a lot of sense um, as far as like. You know the whole Instagram video you was talking about. All of that stuff is, but see, like this is the thing. It's so crazy because you don't know what to believe. You like, is this an accident or is this planned or is it a sacrifice? You know what I'm saying? Because it's a lot of rappers dying. <laughs> At a rapper ain't no rate. country music. Ain't no country music artists is getting shot up, and they be shooting guns. We know they got guns. Ain't no R&B singers getting shot up. Rock it's funny stars. because you just got, said we something. Gangsta, we got gangster R&B artists. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was so, just talking to somebody today about that shit. So, it was like, yo, R&B artists don't get killed. And and then we got, <laughs> you got CEOs that's yeah. out here. They ain't getting shot. You got all of these people, bro, who do the same thing as these rappers. Mm. And they not getting, they caught, they not getting their cards pulled. Didn't Boosie just say that? Either today or yesterday? Like, yo, they are taking us out. We being targeted? Uh, it might have been yesterday's uh, motions were high. Uh, I personally, I want to speak on the line of rock stars. That's the closest to rappers yeah. you can yeah. ever get. Yeah. Because the late nights, the partying, yeah. you know, uncontrollable, tearing up shit. You know what I'm saying? You don't hear them dying either. It's just, to me, it's just, I think it's so crazy that. And when they artists, do that. But, but see, my, my thing is, artists going through what they going through. You see what I'm saying? 
Now, we just brought up five different artists, right? right. Now, there's other ones. Mac Miller. You got, you got so many different artists that have gone through this shit. And rest in peace to them. Right, right. But the one that stands out to me most personally is Nipsey. Right. When Nipsey died, Nipsey died in the hands of somebody that was a childhood him. associate. Right. This He knew this motherfucker. Right. You see what I'm saying? But the part that was really odd to me was who his representation was. Now, his lawyer ain't no damn cheap lawyer. Right. Who is financing that shit? I'm not saying answer the question. I'm just saying, like, it's it's really odd to me. That's that's all I'm saying. Allegedly. Don't cancel me. Don't do nothing. I'm, I'm just saying. It just looks real odd, right? Yeah, it's looking for us. We stay in Utah. So, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, but it's it's like what my point is. It's dang. It's it sounds like it's more dangerous being an artist and a rapper than it is just being a regular nigga out it's here. It's more dangerous being an artist and rapper in an industry. You gotta understand. This is a. They call it the industry. Meaning that they're pretty much, it's an industry. There's a building where they create what the fuck they want to put out there. They have an assembly line that these individuals go through. They go through a process. They teach them how to rap. They teach them how to dance. They teach them how to dress. They teach them what to say. They teach them how to promote. And then when they're done with the product, it's time for new products. So now we have to get rid of the old product. Yeah. It's an industry. Artists need to stay out of this shit. That is dangerous, man. You gotta, you gotta, as an artist, you wanna be creative. Stay the fuck out of the industry and create your own identity, bro. Like, it's hard as fuck. It's not a lot of bread in it and shit, but. People have been as successful doing it. But, right. but, but, you know, see, Joyner Lucas, you got Soldier Boy, these independent artists. Yeah, but they're not independent, really, because they still use these platforms that. <laughs> Have the rights to some of their music. So you saying be a hundred percent on your own for your own? You not even that. It's just stop looking for these. Stop looking to go big. Be big in your community. Be big in your in your in, in, in your town in your city. You know what I'm saying? And then eventually spread out. Come up with your own organic you, you way of have, doing. This shit. is my thing. You don't have to get on TV. You can make your own DVD. You can make your own video and then distribute it. This is where we get to. We want to be lazy. And this is why I call it lazy because we don't want to have to sit here with a group of individuals that are just like us who have no fucking money, who have no bread, and then come up with a plan and a strategy on how we're going to make my shit and what I'm doing pop. We don't want to sit there and be a part of that process. We want to have them do that and I could just focus on my music and shit, right? So they like, yeah, because I, you know, I'm one of these rappers and I've been poor my whole life and shit. So now you you show me like, yeah, I can just say a whole bunch of bullshit and then I can be rich, make millions. We have to stop relying on art to make us millionaires and famous. Start learning. You know what I'm saying? Use your logic. Stop fucking relying on your skills and shit to make you millions. Use your skills and shit to create what it is. Art, difference and shit like that, right? Use your money and your knowledge to make you more money. Because money's fucking fake anyway. It's not real and shit. It's a fake, it's an idea. 
So we using niggas' ideas to get fake ideas to pay for real shit. And it's just like it's just it's just over it's overdone. And I get tired of hearing about rappers and shit getting shot and shit. Because we all know that this shit is playing. These niggas is not just out here just being stupid and then they just get shot. Like, it don't even make sense. I got a million dollars and I'm outside in, in somebody's hood. Like, future. I seen this motherfucker. He was outside with a thousand motherfuckers with a gun in the street. It's somebody's hood. I feel like... I feel like as a person who uh, comes from that type of environment and has left, you feel like you're leaving a part of yourself there and you want to be there. Like I said, I, I drive through my neighborhood every once in a while just to feel whole again, you know what I'm saying? Uh, then I feel like that's what they, they crave because, you know, everybody everybody wants to be rich, you know, whether they want to admit it or not. And you surround yourself with all these marble floors and gold chains, diamonds, and whatever whatever your vice is, that's what you do. It, it won't mean the same as home. If home was a rickety shack that you had to warm up heat, it would be more wholesome for you to sit in that damn house than to sit in Beverly Hills with the mansion with the house and gold and shit. So let me ask you this then. This goes back to a conversation I had with somebody years ago. Do you think Nipsey was wrong for staying in Slauson and still operating his business at the magnitude that he was? No. Uh, in my opinion, I feel like he was practicing what he preached. He wanted to invest in himself, his neighborhood. He grew up around there. Why would, why would he go to Rodeo Road and bring money to them when I got people starving here. I can employ people here. I can I can reinvest in this building. He bought that whole thing. He did. He bought the whole thing. He was slinging crack out there. He was slinging crack outside in the front. They told him he couldn't even be there. So he bought the bitch. But see, from a business perspective, you also have that notion of if you have this type of money, why are you personally operating it's there? You see what I'm saying? Right. So that's that's why I'm saying is there a disconnect there? Did he set did he did he set himself up, so to speak, by staying there personally rather than having somebody manage that area himself? He had the capability of doing it. That's without a doubt. Yeah. So was it a problem for him to do it that way? I think um I don't know, man. I, I feel like sometimes it's niggas' egos. I think people just like they like I'm protected. You know what I'm saying? I'm me. These are my people. I know. You know what I'm saying? If I if I invest myself into this neighborhood, and I talk about being a part of the hood, how can I not be there? But the fact is, like Bruce Wayne had a fucking back cave. <laughs> you dig what I'm saying? Like yeah. you want to be a superhero and shit. Take your fucking ass to a damn base and hide the fuck out and be a superhero. Stop trying to be a hero with no mask. Like, yo, you you can't do that because you put yourself at risk. You put your family at risk. Like, you have powers now. 
dog. You so can't you're just operate from a distance. You gotta operate from behind the distance. You know That's behind that? the distance on an island. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Jay Z does that. Mm. You never hear Jay Z being in Marcy. He used to be in the, <laughs> he but he used to be on the block. He used yeah. to be on the block, but you never hear about him, oh Jay Z in the hood with the Glock. Yeah. Yeah. But you do hear him sending lawyers. You do see this. Mm-hmm. You don't know how much he be does because he tries not to put everything in the tabloid. Yeah. Which is a smart way to move. Now, right. I'm not saying that. Let's, let's put this out here now because I really respect the person Nipsey was. Right, right, right. I, I mean, I follow his blueprint. His right. blueprint is part of my business strategy, my business models. He's a He was a very smart person. I personally, in my opinion, felt like he kind of set himself up for failure by still being there personal. It's no problem going out there visiting your hood. But when you are your own boss, you got to know when you've made it and you have to kind of manage it from afar. You know what I feel like his downfall was? Because uh, if, I, if I'm mistaken, not mistaken, I feel like he was independent, right? He was doing yeah. everything from yeah. scratch. Yeah. So I feel like he got into a habitual habit of always doing everything, everything from himself. himself. Yes. So yeah, this is the this is the victory. This is the team yeah. TMC, the Marathon Continue yeah. Store, and. I, I gotta be here because yeah. this is me. Yeah. Yeah, he got his brother Black Sam and all this, but nobody's vision is like the one in your head. Exactly. Right? So you always have to have your hand in it. And I feel like that was his demise because I tell my wife all the time, don't let us get rich because motherfuckers don't think I'm Casper. But see, like, this is another thing to that aspect too because this is the thing about running a business when you start in a business. It ain't no, you just gonna just do the business and not be there. Like, when you starting a business, when you running a business, when you're an entrepreneur and this is your shit, you gotta be fucking there. That shit is a 20, damn near 24 hour fucking duty. You paying people to do shit, right? Mm-hmm. But ain't nobody gonna do it like how you do it. Mm-hmm. And then everybody's not trustworthy. Mm-hmm. We've seen this happen time and time before. When you running a business, even drug dealers, you know what I'm saying? These drug rules and shit, they might not be out there on the block. Mm-hmm. But best believe, their hand is in this business every freaking day. You know what I'm saying? But the difference about these people, because you got these guys who own these these these, these gas stations and stuff like that. They in there. They working. You know what I'm saying? But, and you know, they employ their family members and stuff like that. But you have to understand, like... Them people that own them gas stations, they came from where? You see them motherfuckers going back on, oh, back over there in them streets and, and, and trying to give and get. Nah, they over here now. They in America doing this. Mm-hmm. It's you. You gotta understand. Like if you wanna be a superhero, understand that it's risk with this shit. Mm-hmm. Your ass ain't bulletproof. So if you gonna operate operate like that. You gotta know what comes with that shit. You know what I'm saying? And if you prepare for that, then fine. Go ahead, do what you gonna do. There's risk associated. So, but but if you gonna act like if you gonna try to operate like how these white how like some of these, you know, I call them minorities. Mm-hmm. How some of these other minorities operate, then you can't move like that. Mm-hmm. 
You can't be driving through nobody hood, you know what I'm saying, with a whole bunch of people around you, and then you got a business right here in the establishment. Everybody know where you live at. Mm -hmm. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, <clears throat> you know, all of these individuals, you know, got hit by their own people. Because they were too close. Touchable. So for black for black people, and I don't I don't want to just make it about blacks, but it, it seems like we the only one. It, I, don't, I don't even know if we the only ones, but it always feels like we the ones who be going through this shit the most because you don't hear about it from nobody else's colony. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, in a way, yeah, but I feel like we we focus on it a lot because it's like it's like looking at your backyard. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying. But you know, it's it's snake situations that go on, and you know, on the other side of the fence that I've heard of, you know, brother, brother not getting as much as inheritance. It's rich people problems, but you yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, but stuff like that. Yeah, but it's it's dicey. It's a dicey game. Business is business, but like. I, I still feel like Okay You mentioned The Drug dealer thing And I want to go off on that So From my view Yes The head always Gonna have his hands In the pie But He don't want nobody To see him do it mm -hmm. So You can't be the head And You still messing With the corner boys Right you Operating have, from a distance Right You You have these people employed to do this job. Mm -hmm. You have these people employed to watch them do this job, and you got these people to watch them to watch them. The first thing I think about job. when you said that was American Gangster, right? With Denzel, right? He was in a whole costume. He was on that corner. He was yeah. watching, but he wasn't Saying being that. noticeable. No. You see what I'm saying? He was looking like a regular motherfucker, right? But he was watching. Right. So that's still operating from a distance. You right there, but you still operating from a distance. Right. Because you have a whole costume on. Right. So I see what you're saying. And when you got your issue with you ain't flipping them burgers like I flip them. Yeah. You call the people that you watching to yeah. watch the watchers to watch them. It's chain of command. It's still chain of command. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. You have to make you have to distance yourself from something because they're the best thing that you could do for your business. Is to let it thrive. Yeah. And especially if you want it to still be in your name and not your kid's name yet, mm -hmm. you need to distance yourself because everybody's going to love it like it's their child, but you have to realize it's not your child, it's your business. It's like a plant. You can't just keep watching it and trying to water it. Sometimes you got to leave it alone and let it do the shit on its own. Yeah. It's going to grow. You if just, you do everything to it and you set it and forget it for a little bit, it will do what it needs to do. Right. Mm. Yeah, I don't. I, I know. I know a lot of things with these rappers is they are, they be broadcasting too much, too much information. Yeah, that's yeah, what that's what gets them a lot of them because a lot of them could handle their business and manage their business and do what they gotta do. But the fact of the matter is, like, you don't you don't you don't kiss and tell. You know what I'm saying? When you start talking about all you got and what you can do and how much money you make and all of this stuff. Then if you drawing attention, it's like people driving around with their blasting music out their car. Like you think that looks cool, you think it's you think it's tight, but you drawing attention to yourself, and it's wolves out here. 
know what I'm saying? You don't go in the jungle with a fucking speaker on your hip, bobbing your head <laughs> in the dead set of night, yeah. and think it's and with a gun on your hip and think you going they think you safe because you can't see nothing. Yeah. It's dark and, and it's beast. Yeah. It's beast that's hiding behind these trees, waiting for you to pass by or slip through their trap, and it's a wrap. Because they are the external environment. I wanted to talk to y'all about something. You mentioned like, uh, what happened here in Houston uh, yesterday. Like, y'all being natives to D.C. Mm-hmm. Like, I know I know y'all grew up in a, in a rough environment because D.C. ain't no joke either. But do y'all feel like a shift going on here? As far as like what economically, financially, what? Uh, I feel like socially. Shift. I haven't been here long enough to really understand. How long have y'all been here? That's a good question. Me, two and a half years. Two and a half years. Cray. Uh, about three. Okay. But to answer your question, I feel like there is a bit of a shift. But I think the shift is coming from a whole demographic perspective and a whole everybody moving into the area type perspective. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? So that 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 comes into demographics. That comes into a whole bunch of different things. Social classes, things like that. That's how I feel like it's shifted. For me being here two and a half years, I feel like Houston was an area that everybody was thriving. Mm-hmm. And they still are to this day. And but it was really close knit. You feel what I'm saying? It was like family. Yeah. But now you're getting a lot of outsiders coming in, and it's changing. Right. It's reminding me of DC a little bit. It, but, well, uh, let me say, Houston always reminded me of DC in the aspect of everybody out here trying to get it. Yeah. And you know, it's just it just felt like it was on a bigger scale for me. But I feel like the same change I've seen in DC, the same thing is coming down in Houston. You see what I'm saying? There's a shift going on, and I feel like gentrification definitely plays a role because it's been playing a role everywhere. But I feel like the identity is changing as well. You see what I'm saying? I'm the identity of D.C., in my opinion, has changed. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that shit is happening in Houston. I'm going to say that from my personal perspective, me being down here longer than uh, comedic, we can't come into somebody else's because let's be real, like Houston big as fuck. That shit. Yeah. And like for us to we live on the north side. Mm-hmm. We don't know shit about the south, the east, the west. We yeah. dip in and out. So like for us to come down here and say there's a shift is kinda like irrelevant. Um so I hear what comedic saying, but I can't I can't necessarily agree because we don't know what the culture was i know that this place used to be a part of mexico you know what i'm saying i know that there's a lot of spanish individuals here i know that there's there's been racism i only know we only knew 
what we knew from television about this place. Because before coming down here, we thought everybody rode horses and it was a bunch of desert. And people were getting hung. Yeah. They, they, they Dragged were, by their feet. They were shit. against okay. homosexuality. Yeah. And there wasn't any oh, love for black people. Then you move down here and you say, okay, there's more trees down this motherfucker than I've ever seen. <laughs> There are horses in the hood, but people don't ride them like that. They have trucks, big ass trucks, and you know, it floods, it rains, but it's mostly sunny and happy and it's cool. And there's a lot of interracial dating down this motherfucker, you know? And, and you don't I haven't seen, I'm gonna be real with you. I'm gonna be real with you. I have not seen a Confederate flag since I've been down this month. We do not yeah, play that shit. I have. I haven't seen one either. I come. We move here from Charlotte, North Carolina. I swear to you, every single day, no matter where you go, you will see a Confederate flag somewhere. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's on the back so, of a damn truck or in a damn yard. You'll see one. It's a lot of, and it is a lot of Spanish people down, but it's a lot of black people down there. So it's like. They, we were taught these things for a reason. Yeah. It's to keep us from this motherfucker because mm. all the other individuals want to come down here and buy up all the property mm. and all the land and all that stuff. Can't do that. They here. don't want us to have that. So I say that if there is a shift going on, I know why. Yeah. <laughs> I know why. Because it's got these this motherfucker got resources. Y'all got your own y'all got your own electrical grid. Uh, uh, y'all got your own electrical grid, y'all got oil. Y'all got ports. Ports. Yeah. Y'all got y'all home. It's pretty much a whole. This, this is a whole rising continent. continent itself. Yeah. It's right next yeah. to Mexico. Y'all got ships that leave and take you on cruises and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, relationship with China. So I, I said from the jump, I was like, when I heard years ago that y'all was trying to see for the United States, I was like, this is crazy ass shit. Now I understand. If once you realize, if you go, well, you y'all probably wouldn't notice because y'all y'all grew up somewhere else. But in Texas history, we done it before. <laughs> we done it before. So, so, yeah. so yeah, that's that's what I. And then then you know I'm riding through the hoods in neighborhoods and stuff because you know I work down closer to the city. So I'm I'm always I'm always getting lost. Because mm-hmm. that's just what I like to do I like to get lost and go on adventures and find shit mm-hmm. I like to go find businesses Things I can do, you know, business and, and handle business at So I see a lot of these places that's effed up mm-hmm. And, but then I'm like, damn That's for sale, that's for sale, that's for sale Five months, seven months later, ten months, a year later That's bought up, that's, that, 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 that's bought up, that's bought up And I'm like, this is what's about to happen. I'm, I'm, and then I'm driving. I'm like, okay, they about to change this up. They about to knock all that down. They're gonna do this. They're gonna do that. Cause I seen it happen in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. I seen it happen in DC. And I'm like, you know. So, but as far as like a social change, I don't know. What would be the difference between now and then when you was growing up, as far as the social dynamic is concerned? For the both of y'all. For the both of y'all. Okay. You want to go take this? Okay, so me personally, uh, being in the inner city, I remember it was a lot more friendlier. You know what I'm saying? A lot more friendlier. And the and the and the means of, you know, you knew technically everybody, even though the city was big as hell. That's why you know. Daniel know I know so many damn people It's just like They, they grew right. up in the house with me right. Like 
and the city is big as hell. Don't get me wrong, right. but you can catch me still to this day on any side, any given day. Mm-hmm. That, it doesn't matter. But it, it, was, it was a lot more friendlier. People were a lot more helpful. Uh, but I feel like the shift is some people are coming here to find themselves, mm-hmm. but they're not leaving. To them, it's, this doesn't seem... To them, it doesn't seem like they're invading, but on some occasions, they are. Like, you know me. I talk to anybody from anywhere, whatever, wherever you're from. I can relate to it. Yeah. You know, but some of them are... They're not as invited. And I, to me personally, my Southern hospitality kicks in. I feel like you're Word. being rude because you're in my house. Yeah. And you, what the fuck you looking at me for? Wait, wait a minute, man. <laughs> you know, I grew up on this street. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's I'm trying to figure out why you here. You know, yeah. I ain't never seen you before. That's and you, when I, when I see people who are in my neighborhood and I've never seen them before, instantly in my mind, you coming to steal some shit. Now, because I've had it happen to me before. I'm like, somebody walking on my street, bro. I went to class. I come back. The same person broke into my fucking house. Wow. Mm-hmm. Right? So, it's kind of like the same mentality where I'm very proud of my city. But I see the social demographic is changing. It's like, we have a little... Little China, Chinatown. We have found out we have an India town. Little really? India. I didn't know yes. That I didn't know that shit either, but found out. That's how big this place is, y'all. You, they, these people been living here their whole y'all whole life, right? Whole life. And didn't even Damn. know that. That's crazy. We have a little India, little Korea Mexico, Korea town. We I tried to tell you the city is diverse. <laughs> it is very diverse, right? It's crazy. But now all these all these cultural towns you even have you you have multiple black sides of towns we have yeah. one of the biggest black owned places ever, but it's starting to become little Atlanta, little Miami, yeah. little this, little. Yeah. This. And I'm yeah. like, wait a minute, like, and it's not bringing the good stuff because I'm not. Oh getting, yeah, no. Don't get me wrong, like scamming been out here, but now you calling me five times a day. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, come on now. You ain't get me the first two times. Don't try three more times, bro. You know, I see you in the club. Don't be in the club watching me. Why? Because you, oh, man, he got it. He got a chain. He got this. His girl look good. I'm mad. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, That's don't. Cool. Yeah. Be in the club to dance because you didn't come to the club to watch dudes to yeah. see who you gonna rob. Hopefully yeah. you didn't do that. Yeah. But it seems like a lot of people are bringing like what they were running away from here. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I can hear. I I I, I can hear. And it's following them. It's following them because there's like then they try to use the excuse of, oh man, the housing down here is great. Don't get me wrong. It's not a lie. Yeah. But there's more to that thing. Yeah, it's more because you didn't want to tell them how, you know, you're leaving because you did somebody dirty. Yeah. You You did some hot shit. You did some hot shit. You running out of town just like how they do in California. Yeah. When you in LA, you got kicked off the block and now you want to go to Vegas. Yeah. 
thinking nobody gonna follow you. I feel you. Like yeah, that's, so, that's wild. That's shit. Now I'm not saying everybody, but I feel like if you if you're gonna come down here, don't do it in the aspect of I'm gonna get away from this and you know I'm gonna start my own shit trying to find my identity. Find yourself before you get here. Because yeah. <laughs> you yeah. you're gonna run into the wrong people. And people often look at it like any any attraction to a city, it always has crime. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But it's now it seems like everybody's running to it. Like, oh, I want to party. I want to do this. Go to Dallas. Like it's a mad exodus. Right? Yeah. Like I don't. I, I wish people would go to Dallas more than they come here. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, the traffic is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> PTSD driving, it, it ain't bad yet. Dang. Well, how you feel about it, Yonski? Well, I mean, he's definitely got how, how much older are you than me? About, about four to five years. Four to five years. Within his five years, he's definitely have, or he's definitely um, explored Houston more. Mm. Like I would say, I'm 21, I'm young. I wouldn't say I started exploring Houston till. Maybe two, three years ago, because like I said before in the old podcast, I was in the car scene. Mm-hmm. So that Chinatown he was talking about, we were going there pretty often because there was a lot of meats there. And it's yeah. big as shit. It's big as fuck. Like really? I said, literally Chinatown, you go down one road, you're in Koreatown. Go yeah. down one road, you're in that Vietnamese and town I was talking about. Damn, they really? show so much love that the signs are actual the language, bro. Yeah. Like there's 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 even temples down there. Murals. Not even mess with you. You'll know where you Straight at by up. the art that's there. Really? But yes. you know, going going around to each and different type of. Uh, I, I wouldn't say I, I went to a lot of the south area. It was rare that we went down the south. Right. But if we did, you know, like you were saying, it's very diverse. Right. Mm. This is this is. I got to take out a little Mexico. It's I'm with it. I love Mexican <laughs> food. Yeah, I'm with it. But yeah, dude, this is the most diverse place that you could probably be, and that's why, and, and not even just Houston, Texas in general. Right. There's always that joke and meme going around how Texas can. But where I'm going with that is, especially when that COVID shit was happening, mm-hmm. there's jokes and memes of how Texas has the ability to literally go away from the United States and be its own little thing. Yeah. <laughs> because. Yeah. We're so self sufficient. Exactly. Yeah. We got our shit. Y'all talking about power grid. Yeah. Oil. Ports. Yeah. We got all that shit. We yeah. can literally be our own if we want to. But I don't think we should. Yeah. That's just me. But you know, me being young, I have I didn't get to explore out, but you're all right. This is this is probably the most diverse place you could probably be at within Texas. Because every other place is weird. I'm Dallas is probably like the only place uh, oh and San Antonio. Cool. I San Antonio, Austin, San Antonio, Austin, Dallas—they were all great. Yeah. So, I ain't like been it. outside of Houston yet. So I'm I don't let you, know. Look, we, I, I believe having a conversation with you about Sundown Town. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, Houston yeah. is surrounded by them. Yeah, what? Sundown Town. Okay, a sun- <laughs> A sundown town. Turn them on it, please. A sundown town is a people of minority. Oh. A minority in this certain town. When the sun goes down, your ass better not be around. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's not as similar like it would it. Okay. If we find you, your ass is grass. Oh. 
Okay. And that's not just here. That's that's in a whole that's right. place. It's, it's, yeah. But it's just I just found it weird because I remember we were having a conversation. I pulled up the map and I just started looking at all this town. It literally like it's in like a, a circle. Really? It's it like literally a, surrounds. Yeah, because you go you go too far east. Yeah. Yeah. You go too far north, you go yeah. too far south. Yeah. Like it's best to like gas up in Houston and get your ass to driving. Yeah. And Texas is big. You can spend a whole day driving through Texas to yes, get to yeah, the other I'm about state. Yeah, forgetting yes, one side or the other, it takes a whole day, right? Yeah, but Houston, only the quickest way out of this state is to go to Louisiana, and that's five hours. Yeah, <laughs> five hours. I had to drive the motherfucker. Oh lord. <laughs> From North Carolina all the way to Houston. It's man. best to park your car and catch a plane, man. <laughs> Damn, man. So we covered mad shit, man. That, yo. That was a lot. That was a hell of a lot, man. That was a hell of a lot. And I know this ain't the end. No, never end. I know this. This is just the, first of all, this is just a piece of what you're going to expect from the situations or what are the situations or whatever is Izzy and Yomsky show yeah. or whatever you want to call it, man, but it's coming soon. But this is also what Dirty Mouth Radio brings, man. Straight like that. It ain't nothing but the love. Yo, these are two different podcasts coming together. This is right. what we do. And I, appreci- I, I appreciate the opportunity. I really do. I've never been on a podcast, mm. you know, growing up. I've seen a lot. I've watched a lot. And I've always wanted to do something within content creation. Yeah. And I, like I said before, I have these conversations with certain people, is being one of them. I love having these deep conversations no matter how old you are. You could be 50, 60, 70 years old. Yeah. I'll sit down and have a conversation with you. Yeah. Because there's so many things one person can teach you that you'll learn in the lifespan. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can learn so much from one person than you'll ever learn from the, the, the next person behind them. So that's real. You take you take certain aspects of life from every single different person. You can bundle up and have that knowledge and that mindset, that library. Yeah. Of how certain things can go, and you can kind of just remember from what someone told you not too long ago. Like, okay, that shit is true of what they said. Mm. You know. Mm. So I appreciate those conversations that I've had with you, you, Craig, you as well, and like, it means more than just. Nas up um, that I'm absorbing. Yeah. Because I'm taking all that not only for myself, but I'm able to pass that to someone else. Yeah. You know, so I appreciate that and I appreciate the opportunity of allowing us to do this because one, it gets us ready to do our own thing. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, you getting us riled up and getting us ready for what's to come and, you know, the future. So I appreciate that. Hey, man, without a doubt, man. Well, with that being said, this is your boy, Comedic Energy. Your boy, Cray. Is the worst. Yansky. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we out. Peace out, peoples. Have a yes, nice sir. night. This show was produced by Livewire Sound and Entertainment. If you're looking to rent premium sound equipment for your next concert or podcast at a low price, go to www.livewiresoundent.com.